Hello and welcome to the Grainfields podcast. My name is Noah and I'm joined here by Dylan. Yes, sir. And we are, again, privileged to host that beautiful Aryan man that is Joel Lomon. Lomo for short. We like to call him Lomo. The big rev. <laughs> the big reverend Joel We've got to keep that going, man. It's That's sticking. Not, yeah. yeah. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us uh, again, Joel. Um, yep. You're awesome and we really like you and we're so glad that you can be here today. And uh, I'd just like to know more about you. And I think our listeners would too, because you're pretty cool. Yeah, we felt a bit bad about not actually giving you a proper introduction. <laughs> just saying, yes, I made Lomo to start ripping the Trinity for us. Like, <laughs> I'm so fine with that. That's, I actually prefer that. But mm. since you're putting me on the spot, I can mm-hmm. tell you a little bit about myself. Mm. Mm. I, uh, I, res- I grew up in Victor Harbour. Mm-hmm. down on the south coast and uh my wife and i got married uh what five six years ago <laughs> tess is from awesome. mount gambia i don't think tess will be listening to this and anyways. uh yeah. yeah i can confirm that <laughs> um, she uh we moved to adelaide um uh, just after we got married and and uh yeah we're now up here planted along with uh luke and charlotte um mm gospel life around two and a half years ago and now we've got a beautiful son um, our offspring elijah and uh yeah just loving the lord and following jesus and yeah doing ordinary lives as parents and and uh yeah glad that we get to know you boys oh yeah wow awesome what do you want to know i want to know about how you came to love the lord sure oh that's a great question i've actually never heard this Mm. So I grew up in a in a broadly Christian home, mm-hmm. and uh, when I was about uh, twelve, my we just stopped going f- to church for some reason. Uh, wasn't sure what was going on; it just wasn't part of our family routine. All of a sudden, uh, not long after that, and I think probably the cause of us not going to church was uh, Dad cheated on my mum, and and left. I was thirteen. The brother of three younger sisters and uh, was obviously dealing with a lot of hurt and and uh, all sorts because of that felt a lot of responsibility not obviously for everything that had gone wrong Mm. but then moving forward in terms of like being a big brother and only having not having dad around and all that sort of gear Uh, and so not long after that I uh, you know got wound up in some stuff that I'm certainly not proud of but um, through that was able to uh, just start gathering um, at a youth ministry um, with an old friend that I'd known through basketball and all sorts of gear. And and from there, I'm probably like 13 and a half, 14, something like that, and had really went on a journey of wanting to rationally and logically consider uh, what the Bible said and uh, what it proposed about who I was and who God was. And I do not have a... Uh, sort of a miraculous moment of the time that I came to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior or or anything like that. But I have a maybe a, a, a five-year journey or so of coming to take the good news about Jesus seriously, that he actually did come and die, um, walked around on this earth living perfectly obedient to God the Father, and then uh, though he lived a perfect life, died a sinner's death in my place. And, uh, and then rose from the grave victorious and ascended to the Father. And now I eagerly await the day when he will return. And so uh, I suppose for me, it was coming to a point where John 3.16 was about me, 
when it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that those who would believe in him would have eternal life. Those, I came to the rational and logical conclusion that the Bible's authoritative word and that it is true and that therefore it is speaking about me in that scenario. And so, and so, uh, so yeah, that's a very brief glimpse of an overview and and so from there repenting of of my sins and carrying out the daily walk of repentance and faith and uh, waging war against uh, the presence of sin in my life and and uh, yeah following Jesus as as my Lord and and humble lowly gentle glorious gracious mighty and magnificent savior Wow. What a wonderful testimony. What a wonderful testimony. And also what a wonderful testimony of how God does work those situations for his good and for his glory. Mm. Mm. Amen. Mm. There you go. It's beautiful. Well, well, thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, that's Pleasure. awesome. And I have I have another question. That is the question that we're going to address today on the podcast, funnily enough. Um, well, not really because, you you know, we're doing this for a reason, right? It's not that funnily. Yeah, that's true. That's literally <laughs> why not funny, we're mate. sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> Okay, all right. Shut up and ask the question. Get your question out, young fella. This is from me. I want to know, Lomo, this personal one for me. How do I read my Bible? QV cream. Simple as that. (laughs) How does QV cream read his Bible? How do I read my Bible? Um, Well, start by reading it, sir. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) Thank you, Reverend Lomo. That was a wonderful word. Do (laughs) Do I just read the whole thing? Just keep reading and reading and reading? Yeah. No, so um, how do I study the word? Um, my first encouragement to everyone out there is to read it. Yep. Start by reading it. And um, what I mean by that is going to Genesis 1 mm-hmm. and uh, read through the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, give yourself uh, time. <laughs> that's not, de- <laughs> not going to be done in a day. But uh, go, go at your own pace. However much you read, I would urge you to read it slowly mm-hmm. um, in the sense that like, don't skim through it so you can get through your Bible reading for the day, but but read the Word of God. Um, and I suppose uh, this is founded on the point or on the truth that this Bible, this uh, Old and New Testament, made up of 66 books written by multiple different authors across hundreds of years, mm-hmm. isn't just a collection of historical documents. It's not just history, but it's actually his story. It's the oh, that's a word, Pastor. Revelation. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's the it's God's self-revelation of Himself to us. <laughs> Sorry. And these are the our holy scriptures. Let's just think about this for a moment. This Bible that we have available to us today in multiple different translations, which you can get in different colors and bindings, and have little nice drawings on some pages, depending on which one you buy, mm. is God's word. It is God's authoritative self-revelation to us. Mm-hmm. And that is a gift. That is a gift that through the history of the church hasn't always been available in the, uh, in the way that it is for us today. Not only can you have it in book form, but you can have it on your phone in every different other version that you could possibly mm. imagine, right? Audible. Yeah, totally. And, and, and so we have God's word available to us. And it would be folly then this is maybe coming back to my testimony god's word professes to be that for itself Mm. Mm -hmm. you look at the old testament time and time again thus says the lord the lord yahweh the one god thus says the lord that makes a proclamation of divine authority right Mm -hmm. the new testament jesus comes along and he makes the same if not similar 
claims, the opposite way around, similar if not the same claims, <laughs> yeah. right? That he is speaking as the revelation of God. You can go look at Hebrews 1 on that as well. Now God has spoken through his son. So the Bible says of itself that it is the divine word of God. So I don't care if you grew up in a Christian home or if you've never stepped foot in a church before. We have a book that is more available than any other book on our planet that proclaims and professes for itself to be of divine authority and to reveal the one who created and the one who, who in Christ redeems us. And so we have to do something with that. Mm-hmm. Either you can ignore it or we can pick it up, read it for ourselves and disagree with it or we can uh, read it and submit to and believe what it says and have, have come to a rational, logical conclusion that this book is what it says it is. Mm-hmm. And, and of those three options, I think the, the saddest would be the first that we would simply ignore it and never even consider something that that chooses uh, that that uh, proposes and professes to be God's word, and so uh, so that's where if we go back to the start. How do I study God's word? Start by reading it, mm-hmm. and and I encourage you, like, um, if it is God's word, if it is authoritative, if it is God's revelation to us, it would be folly not to. Mm. It would be unwise to not read God's word uh, if we believe it was so. I've stolen this illustration from someone, I I don't know who, but um, I think probably Francis Chan. Anyway, um, if you had a a room in your house that that whenever you went into that room, God spoke to you audibly, what would you do with that room? I think certainly for me, I I would be making it the utmost priority to go into that room. I certainly wouldn't be taking my phone in with me. I would be going in there every opportunity that I had and, and allowing God to speak to me. Mm. Well, the Bible is God's word. It is God speaking to us. It's God revealing himself to us. And so we should have the exact same approach that we would have to this hypothetical room. We should have that same approach to the Bible mm. because it is God's word and it is God speaking to us. I actually remember when you shared that, that illustration with me when I was, I don't remember how old I would have been, but I was in youth ministry. I probably would have been in like, as, in, as a youth, I was in maybe <laughs> yeah. like year 10, so maybe like four or five years ago. And that, mm. that, that knocked my socks off, mm. actually realizing what God's word was and yep. that it is him speaking to us. Mm. And I think that that is a really helpful place to start understanding yeah. why we should read scripture. And I think you've done a really good job at explaining that we should read it because it is God's word to totally. us. It's not just... Uh, a book of history that, yeah. you know, gives us some idea of who God is, but ultimately it, he, it is his revelation to us and yeah. we should therefore treat it as such. Totally. Yeah. It's not just a good book and some good information, yeah. right? But it is beyond that. And so we should value it in such a way. Mm. And so if we go back practically reading it. Yeah, just read it. Mm-hmm. Go through and, and um, allow the story of Scripture to be impressed upon your life over a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Mm. Like this isn't something that you do for a season. You can tick it off and say, I've read through the Bible, but this is something that we as believers um, should uh, certainly aim and have the goal of creating habits in our lives Mm. that are saturating our our lives with God's word. Mm -hmm. And so, so read it. 
Can I ask you a practical question about just, as in just reading it? Mm. Let's say I, um, I'm doing this for the first time and I sure. start at Genesis sure, and I've got through Genesis and Exodus, good, <laughs> good narrative. And I yeah. hit Leviticus and I'm like, what the heck is going on? Well, even the second half of Exodus yeah. might get you let's, there, right? Let's yeah. read five All chapters on the tabernacle. Like sure. why do the purples have to be this? And like, what is your advice to people who are start who are going to their go and start doing this? And it's bound that there's going to be some questions or confusion. Where can they take these questions? Totally. Or deal with, deal with, I guess their thoughts. Well, at this point, I'll give you the answer that you don't want. And I would say, <laughs> uh, I'd say leave them. Yeah, great. <laughs> I hate when you say this. Yeah. No, you honestly. say the same thing to me now, even as <laughs> I've been doing it for years. Yeah, sure. Well, in some scenarios, right, certainly if you have questions, there's no harm in going and having them answered. Mm-hmm. But if you do that with everything, then you're going to cease reading <laughs> and you're going to get into studying it, mm. which, uh, which I think is good. And that's the next point I've got in, in mind here. But uh, in our reading, if there is things that comes up, certainly jot down your questions and why is there so much time spent on like the dimensions of the tabernacle <laughs> and like all that gear? Um, which certainly comes up and and is valuable to get answered. But I would urge you that in your reading, um, we don't need every answer questioned immediately. That That is our tendency as, mm-hmm. as people, as Christians, is to go that every time I read the Bible, I should be getting some truth nugget that transforms my life and changes it's something practical I do today or something that, you know, that that preacher that I've heard shouting about the word of God could communicate to someone. Mm. It's almost like this devotional way of reading that sort of says like, I'm coming to get this installation from God that is going to like <laughs> reprogram my life. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So this, this direct debit into my spiritual account. Mm. Yes, please. But, but, we know that there are certainly times in reading the word and even just in like practical Christian walk, right, that, that things don't feel any different mm. when we can read the word and not get that truth download nugget and, and maybe don't feel like, you know, we're having this extravagant experience of a spirituality mm. that is, um, you know, beyond the ordinary mm. Uh, so rather what we need to do is coming to reading the word is uh, is approach it for what it says it is. It is God's self-revelation to us and that occurs through the history of his working in creation and then redemption, which includes the story of his chosen people, Israel, mm-hmm. and how he would relate to them as, who are unholy people and he is an unholy God. And as you begin... On, he is a holy God. Not unholy. Oh, sorry, I got that wrong again. I've done <laughs> that done before. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they Thank are an God unholy people. Good. Yes, <laughs> he is a holy God. Mm. And how they can relate to them. And and that is a story that as you continue to read it, as you get through like the 10th time of reading through scripture and, and sort of like joining these themes together, mm. that's when you will begin to see this, this bank account, right? If we go back to that, this sort of like spiritual deposit in your life that didn't happen this morning mm-hmm. because you didn't get that, you know, experience nugget this morning. But when you get 10 years down the track mm-hmm. yeah. and you see how full your bank account is with just those like inf- like 0.12 cents being <laughs> dropped in along mm-hmm. the way, all of a sudden you've got a wealth of biblical understanding mm-hmm. that isn't rooted in like what I feel today, mm-hmm. but it's in rooted 
in God's truth and God's revelation to us. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point you make about it's understanding scripture over over a lifetime in that in our Christian walk, in our perseverance of our faith is that it's not about understanding it overnight. And it is something that we should mm. pursue and and want to learn over a long period of time. Totally. Mm. So now to answer your question, there's certainly resources that you can use. If you, you do have questions that you're, you're just hitting a stumbling block on, like mm-hmm. a, a good uh, a good study Bible can be a good starting point or maybe some good commentaries that uh, I'm sure you guys can recommend a few. But, um, but my sort of like encouragement is that the Bible is for us to be read and enjoyed and it is uh, understandable. We can often approach it with this idea that the Bible is like incomprehensible and mm-hmm. it's only for scholars and pastors and people up the front, right? Mm-hmm. The Bible is for everyone. It's written by you know ordinary people, who um, who some of whom were extremely ap- academic. You can mm-hmm. like point to Paul and some of whom like like uh, some of the other gospel writers, Peter, who were originally fishermen, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they they were ordinary working class people, and so. They are giving us the revelation of God in in such a way that we can understand it. And so the only reason I, I and I've joked with you in the past, is yeah. sort of just like <laughs> leave those questions is because as soon as we go to uh, directly to go and ask some professor or some leading thinker on it, we are hurtling the um, the work that we could do for ourselves in actually understanding God's word for ourselves. And that's where we learn. Mm. We learn when there is like unknowledge. We then go onto a path of understanding that and thinking that through to get to knowledge. Mm-hmm. Often we just try to jump the hurdle of doing the actual work and we might get the fact that we forget in a month mm-hmm. or a day. <laughs> yeah. It's a good response. Anyway. Love so that. read. And and maybe it's maybe for someone if you've never read the Bible for, before or you're really new and you're feeling really green. Start start with one book. Start with the book of Mark, right? Go and read the book of Mark. Mm-hmm. Maybe like going back to Genesis just feels too overwhelming right now. Um, that's okay. Mm. Start with Mark and read it and uh, go through from chapter one. And when you get to the end, go back to chapter one and read it again. Start by reading. That's the first thing I would encourage people, especially if you're – you know, wanting to spend real time in the Word um, and and fruitful time, mm. Mm. go on and read it. Yeah, I guess after all, it is a narrative, and I think that's sometimes what even for myself I would forget is that like mm. there is a redemptive narrative there that is from Genesis all the way through to Revelation, and it is worth just reading. Yeah, and it is fruitful in just reading it sometimes for sure. Mm. Yeah. And, and even like what you were talking about before is like these little moments that you kind of like look back and you you realize, oh, the, even though like it didn't seem that important at the time, I can actually see how this has shaped my view of God significantly. Mm, or yeah. even like realizing, oh, now I actually understand what that's talking about in a much greater way, but I didn't back then. Mm. But I think a great example of this is like when I grew up in kids' church, it, had, it was awesome. Like knew who David and Goliath was, didn't really understand how like God related to it. But like yeah, now sure. I look back and I can see like all those Bible studies and I'm really grateful for the time I had in Sunday school because it's been so formative of my understanding mm. of the narrative of God's redemptive plan for humanity. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. That's mm. so good. And so then I would jump to like, once we're read, then we go on to uh, study. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to make this clear for people, like, you know, I'm a pastor, that's my vocation, but I'm f- first and foremost a follower of Jesus. I'm a Christian. My, my occupation does not 
trump that at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, even though my vocation is one of the, you know, the ministry of prayer and the ministry of the word, I am every day reading the word and most days studying the word. And so what I mean by that is uh, every single day I want to be reading through scripture. I want to be uh, sort of like drenching myself in God's word and God's revelation to us. Um, most days then I will be studying God's word, not just for like the various things that, that you know, I need to, but just on a personal level, studying. Um, at the moment I'm studying through First Timothy, for example. And that's not for a sermon series. That's not for. That's f- primarily for myself. And so, um, so in doing so, uh, do you want to talk about how we do that practically? Or yeah, yeah. yep. First, yeah. first, I just ask why yeah. not study every day, and then like why would you not study every day? Or a better question is why would you read over study? Well, because I think reading is the consistent thing and studying is a, um, just on a practical level, is a more time intensive thing. Yeah, sure. So um, it takes longer, you get through less and it doesn't make it more fruitful or valuable. Mm -hmm. Certainly the goal is to study every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, the habitual routine in my life is constantly reading God's word and sometimes that's faster, sometimes that's slower. Sure. But this, like the sitting down and uh, exegeting or breaking down what the scripture is saying to us and revealing to us is something that... um, it certainly the goal is every day, yeah, right? For sure, but, but it, it isn't necessarily that. And yeah, yeah, and I think that's just helpful for some people to go mm. sort of like, what's the first thing? The first thing is that we're reading. So First Timothy, I uh, am rereading that, and I'm helping some guys through go through it as well at the moment. Is we read through First Timothy every week, yep. so read through the whole book, and then uh, we're studying a section of that. We'll study like verses three to eleven uh, over a fortnight. So um, so we might be studying that section like minimum three times a week, spending putting time aside to study that section and ask certain questions of it for ourselves mm-hmm. um, to, to sort of glean more out of a specific section. But the important thing is to sort of go, what what is the book broadly about? Yeah. And, and so what is the flow of thought and all that sort of gear? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it no, does. Good. Yep. Very helpful. Sure. Yeah, so how let's get practical in like, how do we study? Should we break that down or like, or what does it look like to study? Because there's obviously lots of ways you can study. Yeah. Um, but what's some practical ways that we can get into that? Yeah. So I'm going to go, I'm going to give the full breadth of it. Awesome. Now, some of you listeners out there will take like 15% of that, of cool. what I'm going to say, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want to, I'd rather give the full story than just give it, you know, a tidbit and then, you know, yeah. you have to build on it for yourself. So what I do and, and what I encourage people to do is to start with, you've obviously read it through a couple of times, and then create a bit of a roadmap for yourself of uh, of what the book is about. So let's take First Timothy as an example, just because that's in my head at the moment. And the first thing I'm doing is going, what is the context of this book? So um, spend some time answering the questions of who, when, where, what, and why. So who wrote it and who's reading it? When was it written? And... Um, you know, in the book at large, if it's a bigger book, like it's a historical book, you, as you get to a chapter, when is this? Especially in you, some of the historical stuff in the Old Testament. Um, thirdly, where? Where was the writer? Where was the reader? First Timothy, like Paul's writing to Timothy, who's in Ephesus. We, we find that within the book. Um, 
what what's happening what's the problem what's uh what's being proposed and what's being faced and then why why does paul write this to his beloved son timothy so given some of the answers along there but for some of us new readers this is where a study bible is really helpful mm. you actually find these things at the start of most books of the of all books of the bible in a study bible but even in not study bibles you often find a little sort of like brief overview that answers these questions for you you can find good resources on the internet about this sort of stuff this contextual stuff mm-hmm. but what i want to do is is not just go and read what someone else says about it and then go keep going back to that but I'm sort of creating like a biography card for First Timothy. So I, I in my notebook, have got a who, what, when, where, why um, and answers for myself that I've gleaned from, you know, the historical context and other authors and all that sort of gear. There's nothing wrong with that, but sort of just like sets the framework. So the first thing is context. And then, then getting to study sections for um, yourself, I, I would think of three things. So firstly, comprehension interpretation and then application there's a bunch of ways you can do this you can you've heard reap before read uh examine examine apply and then pray all all that sort of gear there's soap there's all different ways of doing it i what i'm going to propose now actually encapsulates all of these things so Mm -hmm. but I, i find it a lot a lot simpler and i think it's easier to teach as well is uh because because those other ones are often like um, devotional ways of reading. Mm-hmm. It's not actually study. Yeah, sure. but anyway, um, so firstly, comprehension. So thinking through, if you've got three verses or ten verses, what does this say? What does it actually say? Um, so often we come to the text and we jump straight to application. What does this say about me and how I am to li- live this life? Mm. We haven't actually spent some time doing the legwork on going, what's Paul actually saying here? What's, what's Mark teaching us about? What Jesus? What is Jesus saying here? Mm-hmm. Understanding the context of where he's saying it and why he's saying it, and and there's some like really practical things in there for you. So so I, I say to people like go back to grade nine English. Mm-hmm. Remember when we had those like comprehension mm. tasks, or maybe it's a bit earlier, grade six or something. You had a comprehension task. What does this passage say? And you underline key words, and you and you circle sort of like connecting words, thus and therefore, and uh, and so on, and things like that, and sort of like connect ideas. Um, you can define words. Get a dictionary out with you, and as you're reading the Bible, there'll be words that come up that you think you have an idea what they mean, but you're not sure. Like atonement. What does atonement mean? That's a Bible word that comes yeah. up quite a lot. Do you have a definition of that? If not, find a definition and define the words and sort of help give yourself an understanding of the flow of thought and, and the comprehension of the text, right? Then, then the second thing is interpretation. So when in comprehension we asked what does it say, the, the second thing is uh, what does it mean? So not just understanding what Paul's saying and how he's saying it, but now I'm uh, beginning to interpret with both the context in mind who he's talking to and the issues he's addressing, uh, why he is saying it and what it means. Um, and so to do that, uh, you have to consider the context. Um, you might ask the questions in terms of like specific phrases. Why does he use this argument and what does it mean? So on and so forth. I don't want to go into too much detail. But one thing I would encourage here is to write for yourself a summary mm-hmm. of the section. 
I think I've talked to you boys about this before, yeah. but like, say you've got verses like, uh, you know, three to eleven of First Timothy, or um, it might be like the Beatitudes in Matthew. Mm-hmm. Can you write like a, a two sentence or a one sentence summary on what that says yeah. mm-hmm. for yourself? Because when you summarize things in your own words, and that's not just reciting what it says, but it's summarizing what it says, mm-hmm. you actually recall it for yourself better. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you recall what what happens in the first chapter of Ephesians and and what he's talking about, or in in Timothy five, or you know whatever it might be, and yep. you just have these sort this sort of like framework that you're going from. Um, so, uh, for example, like the first two verses of Timothy are really simple. It's essentially the introduction. He has them in all of their letters, right? He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. To Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. So if we were to summarize that, just like, you know, here, we would just say that, you know, Paul, who considers himself to be an apostle by the glorious grace of Christ, mm. is writing to his uh, his uh, maybe like a younger elder Timothy, who mm. he considers to be a son in the faith. Yep. And and what we've just done there is sort of like say the same thing, but summarize it in a different way. Yep. That was an easy one because two verses, <laughs> but like um, in doing so, you begin to formulate for yourself mm. uh, what the Bible is saying, rather than just going, you know, this is what it says. Now I'm going to go apply it to my life. Yep. Uh, so yeah, and then the third step is obviously application, and then so so what does it mean uh, in in our interpretation? We then apply those things mm-hmm. to our lives. Uh, so good one there. For example, we, we recognize that Paul considers his position, his job, his uh, occupation, his calling as an apostle to be solely by the grace of God. So so what in your life can you point to that is clearly? solely by the grace of God. And if you can only point to one or two things, let me give you a teaser, everything (laughs) in your life is solely by the grace of God, right? Paul considers himself to be solely who he is and doing everything that he is doing only because of the grace Mm. of God in his life. And then then let that cause you to be grateful and thankful and joyful Mm. and prayerful Mm. in in everything that you do. So yeah, I'll just break those three down, is, is interpretation... I got that wrong. Com- <laughs> comprehension, interpretation, and then and then application. Yeah, for sure. I just wanted to. You mentioned about the the study Bible for um like background information stuff like that, and I I think I just want to bring this up because I know it was super helpful for me because there was mm. a point in time where I would be reading scripture, and going through a book, and I just have the study Bible open, and I'd just be mm. going ham on the gold mine of all of these fantastic theologians yeah. who'd put this together. And there's nuggets flying yep. left, right, center. I felt huge. It was awesome. <laughs> and then you, you'd leave and you go back and go, I cannot even remember. Yeah. yeah. Not, not even what did they say about it, but I can't even remember the passage itself. I was like, what yeah. I studied this morning, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, or, sure. or, or even worse is you don't remember what the passage says, but you remember what the commentators yeah, yeah, on yeah. the study Bible said. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, I know that wasn't actually what Paul said. That was what this guy said about what Paul said. Like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so on that, what is... Because there's definitely a time and a place for study Bibles. Mm. That's not what I'm saying. But what would your advice be around using study Bibles? When to use them? How much to use them? And then how do we practically work that into reading the Bible? Because we don't want to make it about regurgitating other people's thoughts on passages. Certainly. 
So um, this framework that I've got is sort of like drawn from a bunch of different areas, but one of them that is really helpful is a resource by Jen Wilkin called Women of the Word. Mm. Um, and so for guys, I just cover up the W-O and give it to them. It's great. Um, <laughs> Do you actually? Yeah, it's, it, it's an exceptional resource. And I just mean that to say like it's not just for women. Yep. Um, that's her primary audience, but it's applicable for all of us. I found mm-hmm. it intensely helpful. And one of the things that she... Uh, points out which is what you know you're talking about here is that though it is valuable to get what other people think on it it doesn't allow us to actually formulate our own understanding Mm -hmm. and uh, to make decisions to actually sort of like flex that interpretation muscle if Mm -hmm. we're completely feeding off or riding the coattails of someone else Um, and so like let's just take this comprehension interpretation application I encourage people to um, to do the interpretation. What does this mean? Before looking at uh, other texts, before looking at uh, commentaries or even a study Bible. Yeah. When I read the Bible, even when I study the Bible, I'm not using a study Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm using a normal, just like just the text Bible. Yeah. And then I will go to a study Bible after I've done my own legwork to sort of like see how I went. Mm. (laughs) And you will find at first you'll get it wrong Mm. and that's okay. At first you will make interpretations of the text that are like way or maybe just like not even considering certain things in the context and all that sort of gear that when you go to a study Bible or a good commentary, they will draw your attention to other things that are that are clearly there, like they're not pulling things out of yeah. thin air, mm-hmm. but that you just overlooked because they've got more time on the treadmill than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but do that afterwards. Yeah, Allow yourself to be put in the place of, uh, you know, one who's unsure and but doing their best and, and doing the legwork for themselves mm-hmm. and then go and, Go and help. Uh, get some help from mm. a a someone who's you know spent more time in it for themselves. Does that answer your question? Yeah, very helpful. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and and it's not bad to get things wrong. No, um, like I almost think of like I almost think sometimes the things we know best are the things we get wrong. Like I think about like like in uni, for example, when I've got like a an, a practical exam coming up, mm-hmm. and I've got a I'm practicing, and the lecturers like come over and they say, don't like don't do that in the practical exam because you'll fail. I am definitely not going to do that in the practical exam now yeah, because yeah. someone has pointed out that I've got it wrong. So Very in the same true. way, like if I get something wrong in my interpretation about scripture, it's not a bad thing as long as we just learn from it. And yeah. And you, and you're humble in that. Yeah. yeah. Right. If mm. we just make interpretations and then start blasting it from the rooftops, yes. we're like yes. scholar academic Noah, yeah. <laughs> oh, then, then we've got a problem. Right. And that's true of myself as well. Like if, if I'm preaching on a Sunday, I'm never preaching something that I haven't read like six or seven guys on. Mm. Now, and, and, and allowing um, my interpretation to be formed and shaped by the beautiful history of the church mm-hmm. uh, and, and then obviously contemporary as well. And so we're all getting help, mm-hmm. but what you'll find is when you first start out, your interpretations may be way, you know, way off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once you've been doing it for however many years, you'll then go and read these guys that are confirming that you're sort of that mm. you are on the right track and mm. you're making those things and and that's a beautiful encouragement which is mm. good awesome so so then my third thing we read we study and I would be urging like and these aren't sort of like of order in order of priority they're all essential is to do so in fellowship mm. yeah to do so with brothers and sisters in Christ 
And uh, if you're new to it, find someone else and go study the word together. Mm. Go read Mark together. Yeah. And uh, do the legwork. Read through it for yourself. Study. Maybe do like half a chapter or a chapter at a time and study that chapter and then get together and go, hey, what what do you think it said? Yeah. What were your interpretations? And and then what applications can we draw from it? And and do that within the community of mm. the church. We are blessed to have mm. brothers and sisters in Christ who are following Jesus together. And we need to uh, learn from that and, and sort of um, help pursue and encourage one another to run after Jesus together. Mm. And so do that in fellowship. That's both in like small group settings or, or just like, you know, getting a girlfriend together and having a coffee and, and going through the word together. Mm. But it's also in terms of like be under, uh, you know, the, the, the faithful teaching of the scriptures with a gathered community mm. of saints that we would call a local church. Yeah. Awesome. And also I want to know if people want these notes, can they find them? Where, where can we find these? Because I, I want them. Yeah, cool. So we have a, a few resources. Uh, well, so we've got one longer resource on our website that's um, on gospellife.com.au mm-hmm. um, that's just titled How Do I Read the Bible for Myself? you find it under our resources and blog page, wow. um, which we have a bum- bunch there. We, we go through the REAP th- uh, version there because it's sort of even maybe less than what I've spoken through today. We've mm-hmm. done a podcast on this as well that you can go and suss out. Um, that comes at it from that angle. Yep. Um, I'm willing to, I've got some write-ups on, uh, I don't know if you guys, or that I can share that sort of first Timothy outline that I mm-hmm. went through uh, today. Yep. Just message us on Instagram, we'll hook you up. Yeah, we can we can share that with you. It's it's not hard. Yeah, awesome. awesome. Love that. No, that's really good. Go check out Women of the Word. Yeah. Mm. It's a tear. Tear. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Mm. Cool. Yeah, well, if there's anything... Do you have anything else you'd like Do you have to any add? Other on tips? That? Yeah, read the Bible through a gospel lens. Oh yeah, boom. The uh, Old and New Testament are one unified story about the Lord Jesus Christ, His work, uh, and His words in coming, redeeming a fallen humanity who have rejected their God and Creator, mm. and He came, lived that perfect, obedient life, though he was tempted just the same as us, though he suffered just the same as us and he endured the anxieties and pressures of being a human just the same as us. He lived perfectly obedient to God the Father. And then he went to the cross Mm. and he died and suffered a sinner's death, though he was sinless. And in our place, he suffered so that now we might be redeemed and reconciled to God, our Father, and might enjoy him forever. And now we eagerly await Mm. the day when he will return and he will bring us into the glorious eternity in which he has purchased for us. Mm. And so when we come to the Bible, we, we read it through that lens. We read the story of Genesis as God creating a good world. Then Genesis 3, uh, humanity rejecting their great God. Mm -hmm. And then from that point, we have the story, the startings, the seeds of redemption beginning to grow as God uh, begins to outwork his promised plan of redemption through the Messiah, through the seed of the woman, um, through the the, uh, descendant of Abraham and the son of David, who would be Jesus Christ. And uh, we look back then in the epistles, once we're past the gospel narratives and we're past the story of Jesus, we go to the epistles in light of everything that Jesus has done, the epistles being the letters to the church. We look back in, in light of everything that Jesus has done 
and we look forward in light of everything that Jesus will do when he returns to judge and then also call all who have been united to him through repentance and faith to himself. Amen. Boom. Um, I think something that you've you've emphasized very clearly and what everything you've said is that the Bible is a consistent story. Mm. Um, that it's not um, firstly the first five books, Moses' thoughts on this, and then it pulls talking about a different thing in the New Testament, and then mm. Solomon's talking about a bunch of random stuff in the book of Proverbs, <laughs> but it's all it's all one consistent narrative. Um, and so when we yeah. read it, we're we're thinking of those things in mind as mm. we're approaching it. Um and, and also something that, I don't know, just blew my lo- mind when I first um, learned it and really made me shift my perspective on scripture was that when the authors are writing the books, they're not actually writing like for the sake of writing, but they have very clear purposes to very specific audiences. Mm. And not only that, they didn't, they didn't write it with verses and chapters in mind. Like the, the book of you know, um, Timothy, like you said, was a letter. It wasn't didn't wasn't set up with verses and chapters, but it yeah. was a consistent letter, um, just one scroll, and that really mm. changed the way that I view scripture because it's like, oh well, um, it, you know, it, it's not just about picking a verse that's really nice, but it's mm. actually they're very clear intents behind mm. the author's. Um, oh, sorry, there's very clear uh, intent that the author has when they're writing these things. Totally. Um, and that really helped change my perspective when I came to scripture that it wasn't just about, well, what is this saying about me? Because actually it's not really, a, it's probably not really about me, to be honest. Like mm. it's pull what he's writing to Timothy. And sure, there are things I can learn and principles that he's sure. saying to t- Timothy that I can apply to myself. But mm. firstly and primarily, it's a, not about me. Yeah, it's about God. Yeah. Yeah. And so so that needs to frame out, and that's why I say through a gospel lens, like the mm-hmm. gospel story is the good news about Jesus. Yeah and the work that he has done, and we are the recipients of that, mm. but we are not the heroes of that. Correct. So, for sure. yeah. And so uh, so we do that when we, you know, you brought up um, the story of David and Goliath before. We do not read that <laughs> as us throwing stones at the giants in our lives. We read that what as Christ mean, destroying sin Yeah. <laughs> as the son of David, the king who would come and conquer the insurmountable enemy, mm. right? And uh, and we do that with all all scripture, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's a unified story. Now that doesn't negate the fact that Proverbs is sort of like the way of wisdom that a, a wise king provides for us, and there's some like obscure stuff going on in there. But it is to say that that fits within God's consistent mm-hmm. revelation of Himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah in uh, calling his people to the way of wisdom or um, as kings point to those kings who were faithful and those who were unfaithful and all of which, whether faithful or unfaithful, were not the king that would descend from David and sit on an eternal throne. They yeah. point mm. towards this like red thread that runs through all of scripture. Mm-hmm. They point to the coming Messiah. I think of... Um, uh, Jesus on the road to Emmaus with the disciples after he mm. died and there's these two disciples that are like leaving Jerusalem downhearted and disheartened because their Messiah, who they thought would be king and rule and reign, is crucified and they're mm. like, well, this sucks. What, <laughs> like this, you know, when we're, we're nicking off to Emmaus, whatever's going on down there, there's a party <laughs> happening or something. And so they're rolling along and disciple, uh, disciples, Jesus shows up to these disciples 
and uh, begins to talk to them. And, and he says in, in, in Luke 24, verses 26, he says, Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Question mark. And then it says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets. That would be Genesis to Malachi, mm-hmm. right? In, encapsulating the, the five books of the, the Pentateuch and then all the way to the end of the Old Testament. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them, uh, interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Mm. You see, Jesus is reading all the scriptures as they are pointing and concerning himself mm. and uh, pointing to his redemption of sinful humanity upon the cross mm. where he is most glorified because God in his wisdom does not pass over sins. In his justice, he pours out his wrath for sin, mm. but rather than uh, doing that for those who have sinned against him, he pours it out in grace upon his own son mm. who dies in our place. And so God is most glorified as the one who gloriously redeems us to himself by the substitutionary sacrifice of Jesus. Wow. just want to sit in that and just reflect on that. Such beautiful, beautiful truths um, about the gospel that is in all of Scripture. Mm, I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind. It's a really good point because when you don't, you just Your get Bible, lost down the yeah. rabbit holes of what is the tabernacle and like yeah. what we kind of started talking about. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, was thank it, you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Lama. you very much. That was, yeah. <laughs> Some deep size going words. on yeah. there. <laughs> lost for words. Yeah. yeah. No, nah, that's really helpful. I hope you guys appreciate these conversations we've had and we really, um, very thankful for Lomo joining us and taking some time out of his days uh, for us and uh yeah we look forward to we look forward to hearing from you mm. if you got if you want if you weren't sure about where you can get any of those resources just hit us up on our instagram or if you've got questions follow-up questions we might post something if i remember but probably won't probably won't yeah so, awesome. yeah. <laughs> so we will see you next week hopefully to talk about another important topic see you then outro music <laughs>